Kamekee Christian Church will be a vibrant community where people connect. Say connect. connect. Say connect. connect. Grow. Say grow. grow. And are empowered. Say empower. To follow Jesus. This is our vision statement as we look to the future. This is our vision statement that we believe is from the Lord. And this is what we want everyone to get on board with. To be the, the, the put the meat on the bones, so to speak. To own this. To make this your own. Two weeks ago, we looked at connecting. We looked at connecting with God and connecting with others. And we learned that. A number of studies have said that if you engage with Scripture a minimum of four times a week, that you are more likely to share your faith, that you are more likely to be satisfied in, in life, and that other stressors and anxieties in other areas of your life goes down. Scientific studies have, have shown this. We looked at that two weeks ago. Then last week, we looked at what spiritual growth really is. And we looked at the parable of the sower. And Jesus says that, you know, we hear the word of God, we hear the word of Jesus, and then we apply it. And now, this evening, we get to look at the empower part, the part where, where well, we try to do every week, but we're going to be really intentional. And what I want everyone to understand is this, is that there's nobody here who God has thrown by the wayside. There's nobody in here who cannot be used by God. You are loved, you are created, and he has a plan for you. And all we have to be willing to do is to say, yes, Lord, I will serve you. Some of you may have received this when you, when you came in. If not, you could get it uh, on your way out. This is our new booklet called Our Story and Vision. Pastor Ron uh, did the initial one, his vision, our venture. And this is the updated one. And it's the story of Kaimaki Christian Church. And it tells the stories of how our church has always been a trailblazing church. Our church has always been on the, on the front aligned, so to speak, and we're going to continue being that church that God has called us to be. And then it talks about the vision of where we're going, of where we're headed. And if you've not received this, if you have not read it, make sure you get it when you leave today. It's just uh, on the lanai out there on a couple of the tables. Make sure you pick one up. But also in the back, there's a little area here that has notes on it. Write down what God is doing in your life. Write down those God stories of what God is, 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 is communicating to you, what God is speaking to you, what God is saying to you. Or if you see God using someone for the kingdom, God using some, someone for something fantastic, write that down as well. And, and also, I, I would go one step further. Let us know. Go to our website. And there's actually a little box there that says, tell us your story. Click on that box and write as much as you want to tell us about your story of what God is doing in and through you or in and through your friends. So look at our vision here, that we're going to connect, grow, and power. This is our path of Jesus, Keala O Yesu. This is our path to discipleship, that, that, that we're going to connect with God, connect with others. We're going to grow deeper in our relationship with God, and we're going to grow spiritually, and then we are going to be empowered to go out and to serve. This is the, the, the method by which we grow in the Lord. This is the method by which we see in Scripture Jesus lived in terms of 
discipling others and being a, uh, you know, the best example of discipling. Jesus connected with others. He connected with the Father. Jesus grew. He wanted to know the Lord. He connected with, with his heavenly Father. And God, the Father empowered him, and he empowered others. The Great Commission is a great example of all of that. So, God has given us all gifts. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. God has given us all gifts. Now, in 1 Corinthians, let me just kind of paint the picture a little bit. 1 Corinthians was under Roman rule. So, um, they had jurisdiction there uh, in terms of the city of Corinth. We're into the city of Corinth. So, the city of Corinth was under Roman rule. The city of Corinth was also a seaport city, meaning ships would come uh, and then they would uh, debark, debark, embark. Whatever. They would unload the cargo, whatever that, I don't go on a boat, unless I'm with Jimmy, and that's only once for like a 10-hour fishing trip, which was fun. And, 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 then, and then they would unload their cargo, and they'd hang out in Corinth for a few days. And now sailors weren't the most, like, upstanding guys. So in this area, you had converged in one area. You had different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different religions, different philosophies, different ways of living all in one area. And so people started coming to know Jesus as the Christ, Jesus as the Messiah. And they, they would live this background. And then they would come to the church and guess what they would do? They'd bring that background with them. And so the Apostle Paul, who visited Corinth in the, uh, on one of his missionary, a couple of his missionary journeys, people would write him a letter saying, hey, here's what's going on. And then the Apostle Paul would write a letter back instructing them, okay, here's how I want you to live. Here's what I want you to do. One of the things that they were doing was they, they used to do all these different Reagan, uh, these uh, pagan rituals. Um, sometimes it would be like this, like outgoing, like loud stuff. Sometimes it would be something more, you know, internal. Sometimes it may have been something like, I know the truth, and you have to do what I do, and then you might get the truth. Something like that. And so the question was, how do we know what authentic Christ-filled spirituality is. How do we know what authentic Christ-filled spirituality really is? Because there's lots of forms of spirituality. So the Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 3. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one, no one, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. This is... One of those passages that for a lot of my life I never fully understood because how you say, anybody could say Jesus is Lord, <laughs> right? It's easy to say, but when we understand what is really happening, we, we, we really understand that there's so much more going on here. So what is happening is that Jesus is Lord. He said, you can't say that unless the Spirit of God empowers you to say Jesus is Lord. And if, if you say Jesus is cursed, the Holy Spirit is not upon you. And so we have to also remember that in, during this time, this area was under Roman rule. So if you said Jesus is Lord, 
you're saying the Roman emperor is not Lord. So when it talks about Jesus is Lord, you are making a proclamation that he is Lord, the emperor is not, and your life could be endangered. So when he talks about, you can't say unless you're inspired by the Spirit, he's saying that, that you are willing to go to your death if you say Jesus is Lord. You're willing to go to prison if you say Jesus is Lord. And so, in addition, anyone who says Jesus is Lord means that Caesar is not. So, so in verses 4 to 11... We come and we look at these different spiritual gifts. We're going to come back to that. But what I want to do is look at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 20, and see what it has for us as the, as the local congregation and the importance of unity. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 12, going to verse 20. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be in fact but in fact God has placed the parts of the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be if they were all one part where would the body be as it is there are many parts but one body every member of the body of Christ is important and is valuable and has a part to contribute if somebody would have come to the Apostle Paul who wrote 1 Corinthians and says, listen, um, it is up to the pastors to be the ones to do all the ministry. It is up to the pastors to be the ones to serve because they're the ones who are out and usually, you know, outgoing. The Apostle Paul would have said, that's ridiculous. And he would have referred back to this analogy that we all have a part and we all have a responsibility to further the kingdom of God. And everybody in here has gifts and abilities to further God's kingdom. Gifts and abilities to bring glory to our Savior. Every single one of us. So to say that ministry is only for pastors, the Apostle Paul would have said that's, that's nonsense. Otherwise, why would the Holy Spirit be in all of us who are believers? The Holy Spirit comes upon us and he gives us these gifts, these spiritual gifts, so we could use them to further the kingdom. And here's what's fascinating about Paul. Was that there were a lot of political theorists in his day, 
And what they would do is that they would use different analogies similar to the one that Paul used. And Paul kind of borrowed this from what was common in that day. So you had some political theorists, some philosophers who would say something like, the emperor is a king, he is the head, but the people and the soldiers maybe are the arms, and then the peasants are maybe the, the feet, whatever it is. They would use this type of analogy. But the apostle Paul brought something that was common everyday language, and he brought it to the importance of who Jesus is. So and here's what's important. Here and elsewhere, Paul is marking out an identity for the Christian as a new and different sort of community, owing allegiance to a new and different Lord. I'll say it again. Here and elsewhere, Paul is marking out an identity for the Christian as a new and different sort of community, owing allegiance to a new and different Lord. And then he goes on to say that, 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 that first the Spirit of God is at work and to introduce people to the Messiah's family, to God's family, that everyone is, is baptized into one body. There's one body. There's one baptism. It's this, it's this imagery of unity, of unity, of unity, of you. It's all about unity. One body, one baptism, one spirit, one Lord, one Savior. It's one. And one of the issues he was fighting and, 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 and combating in this passage, in this, in this letter, is disunity. Unity is so important to the kingdom of God. Unity is so important to the message and to what God has called us to be. And so, so what he's saying here is that we all have different gifts and abilities, but we're all on the same team. And then second, what he says in these passages is that the same spirit is at work to sustain the Christian day by day because we all belong one another. We all belong to the family where Christ is the head. And so we all belong to the same body. We are all followers of Christ for those who are followers of Christ. So 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse 21 and 26. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Then go down uh, to verse 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Paul wants everyone to know that they have a part to play, that everyone matters, that they are loved. Paul wants everyone to know that nobody is better than anybody else. So, for example, I get to talk a lot, you know, that's what I do. What do you do for a living? I talk. You know, and sometimes I'm loud, shocker, <laughs> and sometimes I'm quiet when I'm sleeping. But, but, but if I would be like, all right, so the Lord Almighty, the Spirit came upon me and he gave me the gift to preach. I don't know why I'm doing that. But to preach, and therefore I am better than everybody else. Well, one, that'd be arrogance <laughs> and not me, but, but, but really more than that, that would be absolutely incorrect. That would be a sin. That would be wrong. Why? Because it doesn't matter if somebody serves. 
if somebody is generous, if somebody preaches, if somebody teaches, if somebody has a gift of encouraging, inspiring others, whatever the gifts that you have, one gift is not better than the other. We all need one another. This is the unity the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is calling for. This is that type of unity. This is what God wants from all of us. So it doesn't matter what gifts we have. They all have a part. And the analogy is kind of funny. You know, like the foot says to the hand, <laughs> I don't need your hand. And the hand says to the eye, I don't know. I just think in my head. It's funny in my head, but then as I said, I'm like, it's not that funny. So I'm just going to move on. <laughs> but you get what I'm talking about, right? All right. Every, we all need one another. We're all part of this team together. So Paul wants every Christian in the city of Corinth to value every other Christian and to care for them. And one writer says it like this, just like the hand comes to bandage the injured foot or the foot hurries to take the injured head to the hospital. That is how important every single member of the body is. We all need one another. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 to 31. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. And then he asked this rhetorical question, which has, in, in, in this Greek construction, is a clear answer is no. And here's the question, verse 29. Are all apostles... Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And the implied answer in, this, in how it's constructed here is absolutely not. And then it says in verse 31, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now hold on to that thought because we're going to come back to that thought in just a moment. And what I want to do is, is we just read some gifts that God had given us through his spirit. But also in verses 8 to 10, he gives us a list. But what we're going to realize and find out is that there's, there's about three different lists in the New Testament that, that we learn that God has given us these spiritual gifts, these gifts that come from the Lord. But these lists aren't exhaustive. But these lists are a general guideline of the of, of these lists are a general guideline of the gifts that God gives us. So, for example, in verses uh, eight to eleven in chapter twelve, chapter twelve, verses eight to eleven, here's what we read: To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom; to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Are, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So in verses 8 to 10, to 11, we see that the gifts that God has given us when we believe in him are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, 
words of wisdom, words of knowledge, speaking of wisdom, speaking with knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miraculous powers, the gift of prophecy, the gift of being able to distinguish between spirits, the ability to, to speak in different tongues or languages and the interpretation of tongues or languages. And then in verse 28, he, Apostle Paul intentionally, I think, took some things out and added some things to, 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 to make sure that we weren't looking at the list to see, okay, which one's the greatest one? Look at the list in, in, in verse 28. In, in verse 28 says, uh, um, he lists eight of them. God has uh, given by his spirit some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, to do powerful works, to do gifts of healing, to be helpers, to be organizers. And to speak in different types of tongues. Now, we don't have time to get into all, all of these um, uh, gifts here. But, but here's the point. N.T. Wright says this. But the point is that the gift is God's gift to the whole church. Through the individual who has received it. So it's God's gift to the whole church that God has given to the individual. God naturally gives gifts to different people in such a way that the church will be bonded together in ways that God sees is appropriate. So let me give you two other lists that we see in the New Testament of spiritual gifts. And as I read these lists, you could write them down, put them in your phone or memorize them. Um, but here's some other lists in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraged, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then in Ephesians 4, we read, so Christ himself, in verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, prof the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see what just happened there? He, he said God has gifted people to be pastors, evangelists, all this stuff here. So why? So that we can empower everyone to go and do the work the Lord has called all of us to do. Talking about the kingdom of God, we all have a role to play. Being part of the family of God means we have a role to play. Just like in any family. There's roles to play. And our kids in our, in our home, our three daughters, they have chores. Well, not Hananiah because she just drools and runs. She's only one. But, but Abby and Lily, six and three, they have chores that they have to do. You know, it's laminated up there and they could check it off and all that stuff. Why? Because they're part of our family. It's their responsibility as all of us. For those in here who are part of God's family, if you're not part of God's family, if you're not a believer, I'm glad you're here. You can kind of see kind of what's going on and kind of see what's expected for those who do believe as Jesus as our Savior. But we have a responsibility to use the gifts God has given us. So the last part in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, but, but desire the, the greater gift. 
in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, uh, it says uh, uh, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And you know what happens after chapter 12? It goes to chapter 13. But, but, you know, but when the Apostle Paul was writing, he didn't write chapters. He didn't write verses. That came later on. So this is one thought going from what well, we say chapter 12 to chapter 13. It's one big thought. You know what the Apostle Paul is getting at after all these gifts? It doesn't matter what gifts we have. He says, but everything we do and all the gifts we have should be saturated in love. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter in the Bible. We read it at weddings. I read it at weddings all the time. But what he's saying is, it doesn't matter what gifts God has given you. Our actions should always be filled with love and care and compassion. So, let's use our gifts to be loving and to further the kingdom. And let's live out our faith. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to live out our faith. Now, I want to give us some opportunities. In your programs there, you have this uh, little handout. It says, Empower. And if you would, take that out. And what I'd like you to do is think about the gifts that we just read, these three different lists of the different spiritual gifts we have. We all have spiritual gifts. We have these gifts that God has given us. I want to just show you different ways of connecting. Some of these are ways you can connect and serve within the community here at KCC, and some of it is ways you can connect and the broader community of Kaimiki, the broader community of Honolulu, and even uh, outside of our state and country. So, so look at this list there. Remember some of the gifts, you know, mercy, serving, generosity, teaching, knowledge, wisdom. You know, just what are the other gifts that, as, as we're reading the list? Oh, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. I'm going to just... I want you to look at the list there. There's a, there's a number of them I want to highlight. Uh, I wish I could highlight all of them, but, but I can't. But, but just two of them I want to highlight real quick. Number one, it says mentoring public school children. It's like the fifth one or sixth one down or something. That's Common Grace. Common Grace was started by Jay Jarman and Pastor Ron Arnold after the Columbine shooting. Because the principal said to them, we need, our, 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 our students need mentors. And Common Grace, also known as Malama Mentors, has just taken off, and it is just growing like wildfire. It is exciting. And, and we have a lot of our church families involved connecting and caring for students in public school systems, mentoring them, loving them, and being the hands and feet on the ground with them. And if you want to get involved, Jay's going to be on the lanai out there, and Aries probably, I don't know, but, but they're going to be out there. Go talk to, to Jay and, and uh, say, hey, I can mentor a kid. I could do that one day a week. And they'll train you, they'll empower you, and you could do that. Another one I want to highlight is parking ministry. Now, this might sound weird. Parking ministry is probably the most important first expression, first experience ministry. Here's what I mean. I was driving one time. <laughs> Sorry, that sentence off wrong. I was, uh, we went to Saddleback Church about a year and a half, two years ago. And Kaz and I went. We had Abby and Billy were younger and all that stuff. And, um, and Saddleback is like one of the largest churches in America. And even, it's like a mall. It's like, it's like massive. It's like going to a concert, going to church. And we didn't know where to go. But the parking guy there, 
There was parking men, parking women. This happened to be a parking guy. Was the one of the friendliest guys. He says, all right, here's what you got to do. Since you're here now, park there. But if I were you next week, because you got little kids, go around the corner there, park right there, because that's just for little kids. And you know what? We started going to Saddleback for some time. Why? Because that parking person was the, was the one who, who set it off right. Somebody said this week that the parking ministry is a sermon before the sermon. I kind of like that. So here's what I want. Here's what I'd like. The band to come on up. Look at this. Fill out this form here. We, we want, I'm asking you to fill out this form. Mark what you're saying I'm willing to do. And then there's a little spot there at the bottom that says other. Maybe this is not an exhaustive list of all of our ministries or all the ministries that we support. There's more. Maybe you're saying, I have the gift. I can edit video and do all this website and tech stuff. And yeah, write that down there. Come talk to us. But what we want to do as we put meat on the bones of our vision is we want to give you resources and, 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 and we want to empower you to do things that, that, that furthers the kingdom of God. We want to put tools in your hands, and we want to inspire you and nudge you as much as we can, and we want to see you thrive, and we want to hear those stories of you thriving, because when you thrive, that brings honor to the kingdom, and when, when, when God is honored, then, then, then good things continue to happen in our church. Good things are happening in our church all around. People are coming to know the Lord. People are being baptized. So many good things are happening, but Fill this out, and then, you know, you know, just do it now. Take a minute and just do, do it now, and, and put your name, your phone, your email, and, and somebody will follow up with you. We want to be a church that doesn't just say we believe that Jesus is our Lord. We want to be a church that, that knows that, that says it, but goes out and lives it out every single day. How are you gifted? What are the gifts that you have? All excuses aside, because we all have excuses. I mean, I got good excuses. I got three kids, brand new to Hawaii, and I can list other things too. But let's put those excuses aside. And let's say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so as you fill that out, you know, uh, after, after um, we sing this song of response, this chorus of response, what we're going to do is we'll, you know, we'll do communion, we'll do offering. And when the offering bowls are passed, just put this in, um, in the offering bowl there, and, uh, and we'll follow up with you this week because we want to empower you to go and further the kingdom. Amen? Let's stand together and let's sing.